Hey everyone, this is our Midweek Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you listen to it, it is going to move your life forward. So get ready for an amazing message. All right, I feel like I have way too many notes here this morning. Um, But I'm going to give them all to you today. I'm going to give them all to you today. Uh, Let me pray and then we'll jump right in. Father God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for the word that you've given me um, and for this opportunity today. It's in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, first off, shout out to everyone listening wherever and whenever you're listening. We're making some noise. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. Um, the title that I have for this talk today uh, is Guard What You've Been Given. Guard What You've Been Given. First uh, Timothy 6, 20-21. Paul speaking to Timothy saying, Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. Um, guard what God has entrusted to you. I, that line, as I read it, uh, my mind started going into, okay, what has God entrusted to you? I believe that a good leader takes stock of what God has been entrusted, or what God has entrusted to him. A good leader takes stock and is aware of what are the things that have been put in his or her hands. Um, for Timothy, uh, it was this church, this church community, this, this people of faith uh, that had been started before he got there, but it was now put into his care. These people, not only those people, but also the very message of Jesus that he saves, the specific message of Jesus that was also put into uh, his hands. There were other people in that time sharing um, alternate versions or counterfeit versions of that same message, but that was what he had been entrusted with, that church community and that message for you and I, we, we've got to think through, okay, what, God, what have you entrusted me with? If you're a parent, um, you didn't just have kids, you've been entrusted with children. If you're married, if you've got a wife, you didn't just find a wife, but you've been entrusted with a wife. If you have a husband, uh, you didn't just get married and have a husband, you've been entrusted with your husband. If you have a job, uh, you, whether you like it or not, for the season that you're there, you've been entrusted with this job. Uh, the places that you are at, the people that are around you, we have been entrusted uh, with these people and with these things. Pastor Ben last week was talking about reminding us the truth of leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. If you're taking stock, a good question to ask yourself is where do I have influence? Where do I have influence? Who, uh, who uh, am I around um, that, that my presence there, it matters to them. Who, um, who am I around? Where are the places that I go where, where my, my voice matters, my presence matters? That's where you've been entrusted. And how you see those things uh, determines how you act towards them. How you, how you see those things determines how you act towards them. You've got more grace, patience, uh, time for uh, someone who you believe you've been entrusted with versus someone who you feel like you have to deal with. Uh, you, you've got more for the person that you, that you feel like you're looking at this relationship like it's something you've been entrusted with. First uh, Timothy 4, 12, uh, Paul's telling him, uh, it says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young, but it says, be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, 
and your purity. Paul is speaking to Timothy uh, about how he wants him to use his influence, how he wants him to be around those that are in his sphere of of influence. And, and, And he's calling Timothy and through Timothy to us to have a higher level of intentionality when it comes to the influence that we have. Uh, The world that we live in wants us to spend the bulk of our intentionality looking inward, thinking about ourselves, thinking about how I feel, thinking about my Enneagram number, thinking about my uh, my personality type and, uh, and, and how the world should shape itself to me, uh, thinking about my future, my plans, my goals. That's the way the world wants us to be looking and thinking all the time. Uh, but scripturally, uh, the best gaze is the outward gaze. Uh, the best focus is the outward focus. We trust Jesus to take care of our inward while we pour our love outwardly, uh, our energy Energy goes outward as we trust him for for what we need, for what um, needs to be settled within our own souls. I was thinking about this uh, this movie, old movie, uh, but a great one, Goodwill Hunting. You got this young man uh, who's been involved in um, in some violence, right? Uh, and uh, he has this incredible opportunity that's put in front of him. One of the conditions of the opportunity is that he has to uh, meet with a counselor. He has to meet with this, uh, with this, this counselor pay, played by Robin Williams. They start their first meeting, um, and, and both of them are approaching in a certain type of way. For the young man, he's in a situation to be endured. He doesn't want to meet with this person, doesn't want to talk about his life. He wants to endure it for as long as he has to with as minimal engagement as possible so he can get through it. While the counselor, on the other hand, um, he's approaching it like he would approach any other job, any other counseling appointment, any other opportunity. But as time goes by, both of these men find different reasons to care about this time that they spend, spend together. It becomes a place where tears are shed, where there's laughter. They have a different way that they're approaching the conversations, a different way they're approaching that space. They've, in a sense, realized that there is worth to this space that they have together. They've shifted the way that they're thinking and seeing this moment. And I think as good leaders, we have to shift the way that we see uh, the time that we get with the people around us. Um, Regardless of who that is, we have to make that shift. You make that shift and that makes, uh, then you shift how you're approaching that thing. Coming back to the verse, Paul says, Tim tells Timothy to guard what he's been entrusted with. I was thinking about... um, what does it look like to, to guard what you've been entrusted with? There's unhealthy ways and there's healthy ways. I was thinking, okay, in the unhealthy direction, you've got that death grip on that thing that you have. Uh, you don't want anyone to take it from you because you've been entrusted, so you're not going to let it go. Uh, I, I think of people, um, you know, I think of unhealthy relationships where people build walls uh, around the ones that they care about uh, unintentionally or not wanting to create a cage, but creating a cage under the guise of wanting to protect this thing, to protect it from outside influence and inadvertently cutting off the freedom of that one that they've been entrusted uh, with. Uh, They find themselves controlling um, as their best way to care for or lead this one uh, that that they've been given. That's unhealthy. But then I was thinking about, okay, healthy, healthy. This healthy protection is protecting so that the person, the child, the husband, the wife, uh, whoever it is, the team, uh, the job, so that things flourish there. Protecting in a way that it flourishes there. This looks like intentionally praying for. This looks like... 
thinking about the words of life that you can speak to this person, this child, uh, this, this other. Um, it looks like um, spending time um, asking God for wisdom on how best to care for them, how best to love them, how best to lead them, how best um, to, to, to be around them, not seeking to control, but just wanting God's very best for them. First Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. We have influence, but what's the influence that we're having? Uh, how do people leave their time with you? How do they leave their time with you? Are they walking taller after their time with you? Are they, um, are they inspired after their time with you? Are they filled up? after they've, they've been in your presence for a little bit? Are they uh, thinking more deeply about something because of what you said in the conversation? Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I love John Maxwell and the way that he talks about his, his goal is always to, uh, he, he always wants to, I can't remember the exact language that he uses, but he always wants to uh, make better the lives of the people that he interacts with. Uh, this is what we're called to do. We, we build bigger people uh, by adding to their lives when we spend time with them. If the lunch has gone by and we haven't added, if the coffee has gone by and we haven't added, um, then maybe we didn't spend the time well. Maybe we, we, maybe we didn't, um, we weren't running well with what we've been given, that small moment of time with them. Uh, and what I, what I love about this is as you can see that people are benefiting from that time, um, people might not always thank you for the time that you spend. Like, kids won't always thank you for what you've poured into their lives. Like, maybe it'll be 20 years down the road, or maybe you'll be an old person. You finally get, you know, Ma, thank you so much. I mean, that might be the moment. Um, but sometimes as we're leading people, they might say things like, hey, you know what? I really appreciate this time that we're spending. Uh, or they might say, you know what? Like, uh, this is the first time I've, I've been in a space where someone actually cared to say these things to me. Uh, those are the moments where we respond, hey, I want you to know I'm doing this because God loves you, God cares about you, but also I'm doing this to arm you so that you can do this to someone else, so that you can then lift someone else, you can then build someone else up, you can then show someone else the right way to go in this same, the same way. That's what discipleship looks like. The verse keeps going, and it says, avoid Godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you uh, with their so-called knowledge. Now, Paul is telling this to, Tim to Timothy um, in regards to how he's leading the church and the different ideas that were coming into that environment uh, and trying to help him to navigate and not get stuck in these, in these dumb arguments or conversations. But when I, I looked at this, uh, what it made me think about is, man, when I'm sitting down with people, uh, what am I talking about? Are we having conversations that are fruitful or are we just talking about dumb stuff? Uh, is, is the conversation just going anywhere that it goes and then the time runs out? Or are, or, are we talking about worth, worthwhile things? Um, am I spending a moment with someone and we're talking theologically the whole time but we have never touched on their heart? Um, what, 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 are we, what are we actually talking about? It makes me think of Jesus uh, with the woman at the well. Um, he starts speaking to her personal life, speaking uh, to things that only God knows about her. And then she tries to bring the conversation to talking about theology. Uh, she tries to shift it uh, to protect her innermost stuff, her mess, her darkness. Uh, she tries to shift it uh, instead of 
digging at the heart of the issue, tries to lead it away, and he responds, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. We need to shift the way that we're not only thinking about how we're, we're looking at this time with these people, but I need you to shift the way that you think about yourself. If you're listening to this, if you're in this room, you are a leader. You have something that God has given you that it doesn't stop with you, that it goes beyond you. Your time with people is a gift. Your time with people is an investment. Don't get holier than you are because we're all a mess that's been saved by grace and been bought by the blood of Jesus. But our time that we give uh, is a gift to people. So we need to go in realizing whether they have a degree that we don't have, whether they're older than we are, whether they have more experience than, than we do. None of that actually matters because you have been called by God to be in that moment. You've been called by God to speak what you have to say. I, I am, you know, they, I, I've sat down at tables with, with different leaders, um, with people who were pastoring before I was pastoring, um, and uh, it's only it's only because I've had incredible people let me know that what I have to say in my presence in the room, and I'm pointing at Pastor Ben, for those of you that are listening to this right now, pointing my finger at him, uh, because he's told me that. That's helped me in rooms with people that uh, have been on the journey longer than I have to, to know that I have something that they need to hear. They might have a wealth of theological information that I don't have. They might have a wealth of church experience that I don't have. They might have already raised their children, and I have not, but that does not change that what I have is a gift to be poured out in, in, that, in that moment. Um, yeah, if they only knew the gift, it would change. It would change. Uh, so you've got you to shift the way that you realize what, what you bring to that conversation uh, in addition to shifting the intentionality on how you're spending that time with the people you've been entrusted with. Uh, yeah. You know, I was thinking one thing in, in church circles is uh, church history is kind of a messy history. There's a lot of, well, at least American church history uh, is kind of a messy history. Um, you know, there's been a lot of beautiful things that God has done through his church. There's a lot of how our society is structured um, and, and things that uh, a non-Jesus-believing culture value that actually comes from the church. Um, though they wouldn't want to put point it back to it. There, there's so many good things. Uh, but, but in church culture, there has been this desire to not be overly spiritual. There's been this desire to not be that super spiritual uh, Christian who has to pray about what cereal they buy, um, you know, or, um, you know, won't touch this or won't touch that. Well, there, there's a desire to not, to not be that, but I think sometimes because we don't want to be whatever that wild situation is um, or be like those reels of like church serv Pentecostal church services where people are backflipping, screaming, and jumping in the baptismal, like uh, we, we don't want to be that so bad that we don't talk about Jesus at all. Or we don't want to be that so bad that we don't actually ever take, uh, take things to the place that, that, that we should. Um, we don't want to be those weird ones, but I just want to remind us that talking about Jesus when you're meeting with people is not overly spiritual. It's appropriately spiritual. Uh, he's what binds us together. He's the reason that we're here. So it is not weird in a conversation to actually ask someone, hey, um, like, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. Hey, uh, what's God speaking to you right now? If they get thrown off or get flustered, you let them know, hey, you know what, like, no pressure. I, I just know that he speaks. 
Uh, I know that he has a lot to say, and I just wondered, I wonder what he was saying to you. That right there might be enough to trigger them to sit down and think, God, what are you speaking to me right now? What do you have to say to me right now? Uh, you know, it is... Uh, it's not overtly spiritual uh, to be in a moment with someone. Um, they tell you that they're, you know, that their depression is rearing up, uh, or, or that they haven't been feeling good, or that there is um, they have an appointment coming up and they're concerned about the results because in their family history uh, there have been cancer diagnoses and all these different things. It is not overly spiritual to take a moment lay hands on and pray for that person. Uh, this is the example that we see in Scripture. This is the way that we're supposed to go. I think I would rather err. Um, I would rather err. If we're wanting people to not only be incredible leaders, but to be Christ-following, uh, to be faith-filled, um, expectation-filled followers of Jesus, then they need to see that from us in those moments. Let's not worry too much about being overly spiritual. Let's dive right into being appropriately spiritual. Let's elevate the level of, of what they can expect in that moment. Uh, the end of this verse, it's, it, it says, um, some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness, uh, talking about those godless, foolish discussions. Uh, but the word wander, that, that stuck. That's stuck in my mind. Um, you know, where are we wanting people to wander after they're done with their time with us? Where are we wanting them to wander? Deeper into his presence, towards boldness, confidence in him, deeper into surrender. Uh, do we want them to wander towards inviting their friends, their family? Do we want them to wa wander towards um, talking to their husband or wife about jumping into a connect group? Do we want them to wander towards going into their car, uh, turning on worship music, and then bowing their heart before God? Um, all of this, uh, if, if, if any of this makes you feel like you're not doing enough or you're not doing uh, a good job or you're not asking these questions or you're not spending your time well, the point of it is not to make you feel like you're not doing well. The point of it is that today is a great day to start being more intentional with the way that you lead because you have influence. Today is a new day. God is doing a new thing, and he is entrusting us with new people all the time. Uh, I'd say ask for fresh eyes for who's in your life, for God to show you uh, where that intentionality needs to go because maybe there's someone who's been around for a long time, and because they've been around for a long time, um, they're not where your focus goes, but maybe God is saying, let's cast the nets one more time, you know? Um, let's be intentional. Uh, God has put something good inside of you. He's entrusting you with the people around you. Uh, and so let's guard that. Let's care for that well. Let's lead well. Let me pray, and we'll be out of here. Father, I thank you, um, Lord, one, that you know us, each and every one of us. You know uh, the list of our strengths and of our greatest weaknesses and failures. I thank you, my God, that though we are weak, um, we can walk in with strength and confidence and boldness into every single conversation, into every coffee, every connect group, every meeting, every moment. We can step in with boldness and confidence because the spirit of the living God goes with us every step of the way. I thank you for the way that you're entrusting our church with people right now. I pray that you would give us the grace and the wisdom and the intentionality and the aggressiveness just to, like, care for these people well, uh, to embrace them well, to invite them in well. Give us creative ideas. Give us wisdom as we go. God, we're trusting that you will provide us what we need. Lord, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.